they really don't want to believe it. And they're so resistant. And then they read their blueprint or they have a session and they're just like, Aaron, like, I really don't want to believe you. But like, the only way you could have known this is that you've been following me around for like three weeks and like have been documenting everything. And so I want to know everything about me and everyone in my life. A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise. Keep going and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success. Erin, welcome to the Boss Babe Podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited that you're here because I'm so happy that I met you through CEO Mama. And I remember at our last retreat, every single person around the table was talking about their human design and what it meant for their business. And they were all looking at you for all these answers. And I was like, wait, what is human design? Please, can you teach me about this? I'm so grateful that you're about to do that. But first, before we dive into the specifics, can you tell me a little bit about you and your story getting into human design? Of course. So I have been working with human design since 2015. I was working in startups beforehand and I discovered it very serendipitously. I was at a friend's house in New York City and sat next to a stranger and he asked to read my human design chart. And I had never heard of human design. It was totally foreign, but he then proceeded to give me like the most accurate, resonant, specific reading and also confronting reading I'd ever received. I was like, I've never felt more seen and I've also never felt more called out. Cause I had just been trying to be everything but that. And he actually ended that conversation by saying, Aaron, I think you're meant to do this. And I think we're meant to kind of, I know it's crazy. And I think we're meant to do it together. Um, and human design is not predictive. He was just observing a lot of potential in my design, but also a lot of potential compatibility. So he became my first teacher and became my first business partner. And so I started studying with him then. And then it's been a wild journey since then. And then I went off on my own in 2017, but yeah. it was, it just showed up in my life and it really changed my trajectory in such a profound way. So what were you doing in startups before you found out by human design? I was working a lot of community biz dev marketing roles. Like I was just like loved working with people. So I was organizing a lot of events. I was working in a FinTech startup and like, I loved what I was doing, but it also felt like I am not like in my gifts, like fully. And I think what I was observing is that I was like loving working with teams, but I also felt like the teams that I was working with were so dysfunctional. It felt like they just like didn't know how to work together. And I always became the person people would like vent to and come to. And I was like, if only they understood. And I think when I first got into human design, my exclusive interest was how to bring human design to teams because I could just immediately see how useful it could be in helping people understand each other. And so that's what drew me in is kind of that experience and then what human design could offer in teams. And since then, my interest has broadened greatly from that, but that's where it all began. I love that. So eight years in, what have you created? I, I mean, I know, but can you tell us what's that journey looked like and what does your business and life look like now? Yes. Well, the beginning was hard. You know, in 2015, human design was very unknown. And so I felt like I was trying to educate the world about a thing that no one knew about and honestly, no one cared about. And it was confusing because I was like, there's so much gold in this system. This is the coolest thing I've ever found, but like no one seemed to care. And so those first couple of years, I was just like trudging through mud, trying to make it happen. And so I walked away in 2017, walked away from my business, took another job, was like, I can't force this. And a new opportunity came that was amazing. So I was like, I'm going to try something new. I like stayed away from human design for about four months. And then in four months later, I was like, what am I doing? And so I then launched my own practice alongside the job that I had. 
And it's been building really organically since then. When I first started, I was just sitting with people in sessions and I loved it, but it also couldn't scale. I wanted to impact more people with human design and make it more accessible. And so our first offering was something called the Blueprint Guide, which I know we'll talk about, but it was basically a personalized, hyper-personalized reading all about somebody's design that they receive as a guide and book they can kind of keep returning to. And I remember my partner saying, you know, Aaron, if we sell a hundred of these, you know, like we have something, we'll like keep working on it. And then like, you know, 10,000 later, we were like, oh, wow, we like really have something. And like, I made the first 12,000 by hand. And then we started, it was set to grind, but also like we, I just knew it would get easier, you know? And, and then we just grew that. So for many years, the blueprint guide was, you know, our exclusive offering aside from one-on-one sessions. And we've now brought in our business and education. I now have taught hundreds of human design guides and support readers, but, you know, we really try to kind of support people at every step of the journey, but the blueprint guide has always been the center of our business. 12,000 by By hand hand. in keynote. What? I know. How much of your time was this taking? A lot. You know, and like, it was like, it became like such a default thing. But if you ask my friends like about my life, then they'd be like, oh, Aaron's making blueprints, you know, Aaron's going to make blueprints. Like it was just so, you know, and I had like a capacity that I could do every week, but people were waiting six weeks for their blueprint. So it was really, it was one of those things where it was just like doing the things that, you know, don't scale at first. And even for the first, I would guess 500 blueprints I ever made, I sent them little videos with their blueprints. So like, it was just, you know, beginning to be like, okay, now I have to like let go of this thing. And now we have to find systems around this, but it was really testing the concept, you know? And, but it was, it was a real grind looking back on that. I'm just like, oh my gosh, especially as a mom now, I'm like, I cannot even imagine doing that. Yeah. But looking back and I bet being so grateful to your past self being (sighs) willing to do that. hundred percent. It's hard for me to imagine doing now. Yeah. I love pulling things like that out because I think sometimes it can look like a bit of an overnight success. And a lot of people talk about, you know, no hustle, but actually you need a bit of hustle to get things off the ground. You need a bit of hustle to get things started. And when it's started and you've got systems, great, but getting to that point, it's going to take some work. hundred percent. I'm curious for you, what was your inflection point with marketing? And we'll get into all the human design stuff, but hearing, you know, going from doing one-to-one sessions to selling tens of thousands of these blueprints, what do you think it was that started drawing people to you? And and what was that tipping point in terms of acquisition? Yeah. So when I was very early, you know, in the human design space, I think that I was there when nobody cared about it. And then I was there when everybody started to care. And so I think that I was one of the first people and there are many now, but I was one of the first people to really kind of translate human design to just make it much more empowering and accessible. And so I feel like people wanted that, you know, they wanted like a just very empowering interpretation of the system in terms of marketing. It was so interesting. So I took this job. I helped open this beautiful co-working space in New York City. And I felt like I was giving up on human design, but it actually was like the thing that catapulted my business because I negotiated with my boss where I could build my business there. And so for two years, all of my clients came from this space, Mm -hmm. 100% you know, and then I started sharing on Instagram and I hated it, but I just like knew that I had to. And I just shared every day, you know, and then it like slowly started to build. There were so few people sharing on Instagram then. And then I got on a few big podcasts early on and that also really catapulted things. So, you know, we have not yet paid for marketing. I know someday we will, but I think that, you know, the growth was really, it started growing pretty quickly. 2020 was also a huge growth year. It just like kept doubling after that. But 
I would say primary drivers were podcasts, 100%. Instagram was huge, has driven so much business to us. And also just like events and webinars and things like that. But podcasts and Instagram have been big pieces. I just want to call out too, because I love looking at the operating systems behind businesses. And I think what you've just explained is what I would say is the perfect operating system for a business in a sense of you pick one thing that you really master, that you really want to become known for. You have one way of packaging and selling an offer, and then you focus on acquisition. And when you do that, your business is going to succeed. Those mm-hmm. things, that, that's the magic recipe. But I think most people get so tripped up because they have so many offers, so many modes of acquisition, so many things that they want to be known for. How have you over, you know, this almost decade, how have you really stuck with this one thing? And how have you not gotten distracted to include so many different offers and ascension models and all the bells and whistles? What's kept you so focused? Uh, my partner, you know, I think that I have so many times been like, I want to launch this. I want to do this. Cause like, they're just, people are asking and it's exciting. But I think from the very beginning, my partner was like, we're going to keep this so simple, you know, like we're going to just like make this thing so freaking excellent. And then when it's time to expand, we can. And so he has been the one that's kind of pushing back at every step of the way. I mean, we launched our first course last year. People have been asking me to teach you in design for five years you know, and then finally it came together in four weeks. We're like, we're going to do it, you know, and you know, there were 200 people in that first course and it was amazing. And then we've just grown from there. So he's been the one really pushing back. But I also think, like you said, it's like human design is very new to people. We wanted to be like, this is where you go. This is where you go to learn about human design. And so I think that it just felt far simpler. And then my role was just making our work visible and just like continuing to share and not a super salesy way. Like just like letting people know how amazing human design was and letting the right people come from that. Mm. And it's one of those examples of a lot of people will tell you you're leaving money on the table when your clients are asking for things and you're not delivering it. And actually, I don't think it's a case of leaving money on the table. I think it's a case of actually I'm building something so much more valuable Mm -hmm. by not getting distracted by Mm -hmm. that, you know, shiny dollar on the other, on the other side of the table. Do you Mm -hmm. agree? hundred percent. You know, and and I also think it is, I think it's allowed us to make the few offerings that we have really excellent because then we have it and we just keep iterating, keep iterating, like keep iterating until like, we really are like, this is it. We've like really nailed it. And of course we'll keep iterating in the future. But I think that had we done a lot of offers, like we wouldn't have had that space to really refine and perfect and make excellent our one thing. Yeah. Built like you've built something that truly has excellence. And I feel like when someone's not focused on that, it's it's a bit of a short-term business. Whereas you build long-term businesses when you think about building something with excellence. I love it. Great. I I'm, I mean, I could talk to you all day about your business model because I think it's so smart, but let's talk about human design. What is human design? And, and explain it to me as if I'm like 10. <laughs> <laughs> um, so human design is a system based on your time, date, and place of birth that reveals how you're uniquely wired to operate, whether it's in your work, your relationships, or your life. And it's equal parts mystical and practical. You know, it's very mystical in that it is based on our birth information. And it's incredibly practical in that it gives us ways to actually implement all the information we're learning. And that's what drew me to human design is I felt like there were so many amazing systems that gave me all this insight, but I had no idea what to do. And human design was like, and this is what you do, you know? So it can lead to such immediate transformation. And the last piece I'll share is it really just, 
you know, it gives us such a unique roadmap to finding our flow in our lives. Because I think something you probably observed I have is that we might try to emulate how others are doing things and it just doesn't work for us. And so human design is like, this is how you're meant to build your business. This is how you're meant to market. This is how you're meant to, you know, cultivate a relationship or make decisions. And it just like lets us know how we are uniquely wired to do things. So true. And reading my blueprint too, I feel so seen. It's like really calling me out and calling me forward in a way of here's a great way that you could be on your path. When it comes to the mystical side, how woo-woo is this? You know, it's woo-woo in that, you know, our time of birth has created this like imprint and lets us know what our design is. Like I said at the beginning, it's not predictive. Your human design will not say that at 25, you'll do this. At 30, you'll meet this person. It just gives you your operating manual, how you're meant to make decisions, how you're meant to choose, show up all the things. What I often say, and this is mostly because I work with a lot of skeptics and a lot of teams, and my intention is really to make this accessible to an audience that is not traditionally interested in mystical things like these, is that what matters to me is not whether it's true, but whether it's useful. You know, mm. is this actually a useful tool for you? Does it support you? And my experience, especially working with skeptics, is the only way you could have known this is that you've been following me around for like three weeks and like have been documenting everything. And so I want to know everything about me and everyone in my life. And so I think that like, I just, I remind people that like it is mystical, but take it or leave it. You know, this is just a really cool language and framework. And I find that that really lets people resonate and just like use it in a way that actually feels good to them. I love that. The idea of like, take what you need, leave what you don't. If you don't resonate with the woo-woo part, just give it a shot anyway. Totally. How have you seen this apply to entrepreneurs in the way that they can think about firstly, what kind of business they want to run and how they can think about operating their business? Yes. I think it helps people know how they're designed to use their energy day to day. You know, they might be somebody who's really good at starting things or loves building things, or maybe they're better at kind of guiding the ship, but actually not being in the ground, doing all the doing. Um, it lets people know the kind of support they'll need, you know, whether they'll need people that can handle the step-by-step process, whether they'll need people with a lot of energy, it lets them know how they kind of need their collaborators to communicate with them to kind of get the best out of them. It helps them know how best to kind of market and position their work to the world, how best to collaborate with others. I know we've talked about this, you know, whether you're super independent, maybe you want a lot of meetings. So it just gives us so many practical tools to know how to best operate day to day, but also how to really build offerings and market in a way that really is going to have the most impact and be the most valuable. That's what I found when we did. So um, just for everyone listening, we did a session with my whole team. I think it was last week. And one, I haven't told you this, Erin, but one person on my team messaged me afterwards and she was in tears. She was like, I just feel so seen. And I didn't realize how much I needed this, but it finally is explaining to me how I am the way I am. And I thought that was really powerful. But also what I loved on that session was you were kind of calling out, okay, this, this group of people, you work really well in this way and you work well in this way, or you might have this misconception about this person. Here's what's actually going on. And it's been so interesting. And actually within a week, we've already made some shifts. Like my COO, what came up on that call was how much, you know, I don't work really well in meetings. I'm really good in working independently. And we had a stunning meeting on our calendar and she actually messaged me saying, I don't think we need this. Can we take it off your calendar? And I really think that came from the session of understanding that actually everyone's different. And just because a meeting might be super productive for one person doesn't mean it is for the other. And that really blew my mind. 
hundred percent. And it's, we often just don't have that awareness. Like we know how we operate and we'll expect others to like, do it like us. Or we just like, don't really understand how they're different. So we'll extend to parenting as well. And so I think when we just take the time to be like, Oh, this is how you operate. Wow. I like didn't even think of it. Like now I know how to honor and support and get the best out of you. And so it can be so useful because I think often there's all this like interpersonal stuff in teams. And I think human design just kind of helps us like bring that to a minimum. So we just like can work together really harmoniously because we just know how each other works, including ourselves. I love that so much. Where did it come from? How did this even get invented? Mystical origins, wild stories. So human design has been around since 1987. The founder's name was Ra Uhuruhu. He's no longer alive, but he had a really mystical experience where he was walking home one day and heard a voice. This was in Ibiza and the voice said, it's time to work. And so for basically eight days and eight nights, he received all this information crazy. I know. I've chilled as you say. I know. And then he spent the next 20 years building it out. What's also so interesting is like, he was like an advertising executive in Montreal. Like, I don't think he was like, this was not the plan, not the intention. (laughs) And the way that he received it is that human design pulls together a lot of systems from the I Ching, astrology, Kabbalah, to quantum physics, genetics to kind of give us all this blueprint to how we operate at our best. And it really is kind of, as you said, like a quantum system, but the way that he communicated to it about it was very powerful, but also I think really to like a very niche audience. And so I think what's really changed in the past, I would say four years is that there are a lot of new people communicating about it in ways that are much more accessible, much more empowering and accessible to a broader audience. Wow. I just had to go down that tangent. Cause I was like, wait, where did this even come from? I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Yeah. One thing you mentioned before was parenting too. And I know this has come up in CEO Mama as well. How do you feel like this could apply to parenting and the way that you think about, you know, understanding children? So my experience is that often kids are living their design so purely when they're young. And then they often kind of get conditioned out of it and try to become something they're not. And then later in their life, they kind of discover back who they are and they kind of return to it. And so I think when we're given the tools to really honor who a child is from day one, we're giving them like such utter permission to just be who they are. And I think in parenting, like we're often very different than our kids. You know, my daughter has a wildly different design than mine. And I'm so excited, but I also have no expectation she'll be like me. And just to give you a tangible example, I remember sitting with one of my clients and he was feeling so frustrated with his daughter. He was like, Aaron, she's like, she tried lacrosse. She tried softball. She tried basketball. He's like, she is not committing to one thing. And I'm so frustrated because his design was all around mastery and like a single focus. And we looked at his daughter's design and like, her gift is being incredibly multi-passionate, trying on things, letting go of things, moving in between things. And he was shaming her for the thing that was the most naturally her. Mm. And so when he understood it, he was like, oh my God, like I've just been making her wrong for this when it's actually exactly who she is. So I think it just gives us so many amazing tools to really support our kids in becoming who they are, but with little expectation, they'll be like us. Have you had experiences where you've read someone's human design chart and that's happened in a sense of they maybe were living it very purely when they were younger and then they you've read it to them and it sounds so foreign to them and it's not how they're living their lives? Yes, often it will sound very familiar, but they'll feel very far from it. And mm. so I know when I learned my design, I was like, I have never, I never like felt more seen, but I have been ignoring this. And like, I don't totally believe that like this way of living is possible. Right. So like, I think that human design can be very confronting in that way. I will say, you know, human design, part of what I love about it is it's very familiar. And I think this was maybe your experience as well. Like it's not really telling us anything new. It just gives us a language to articulate things we've always felt, but never really stepped into. But to your question, I I sit with so many people that are living very out of alignment with their designs, but often in moments like that, they know that things aren't working. 
So interesting because I, one thing I have been sitting with a lot is this concept of shedding the shoulds. And that's been part of my journey too, is like, I feel like from birth, we're really conditioned to do, think, feel things we should feel, think, do. And we almost put so many layers on that we get to a certain point in life. I mean, for me, especially I got to a certain point in my life where I realized I was doing so many things just because I thought I should, or I wasn't doing certain things because I thought I should. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm hearing as I'm listening to you explain human design is who we are when we shed those shoots, who we are at our core. Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches no matter where you are. If you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love what you see. One of the latest classes I tuned into was Anna Winter's class on creativity and leadership. She takes you into her office as Vogue's editor-in-chief and it was so inspiring to learn about her leadership style, team culture, and how she encourages creativity in her team. Not only does Masterclass have tangible business development classes that you can watch at your desk or listen to on the go, but it also includes classes in 10 other categories ranging from food, home and lifestyle, music, wellness, design and so much more. There are over 200 classes to choose from with new classes added every month. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Plus, Every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash boss babe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash boss babe, masterclass.com slash boss babe. Yeah. And then we tend to find the most flow and abundance and success and all the things when we really honor that. And it's funny Mm -hmm. you say that because I think we all benefit from shedding the shoulds, but like your design in particular is so much around like following what feels right, following what feels exciting in your gut, like no matter what anyone, anyone else says or does. And so I love that you've been on that journey, but your design totally confirms that. Well, let's talk about my design and I'm happy to like bring everyone behind the scenes. Firstly, I'm curious because we know each other a bit. Yeah. Before you did my design and seen my design, did you have an idea of what I would be? Were you surprised? Did it feel like, oh yeah, that's right. Like how did you, how did it land for you? Oh, it's a great question. I think that I wasn't surprised, but I also, and I feel like I just knowing you from afar and through the experiences we've had, like I actually like see so many of these things where I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. But I also Mm -hmm. like don't know your internal experience. Like I've sat with friends where I'll look at pieces of their design and I'm like, wow, I would have never expected that. And then I share that with them and they're like, 100%. 100%. You know, and I'm just reminded where I'm like, oh, there's only so much I can see. But I, mm. I was I was not surprised. But I think that it, it helps me understand you on such a deeper level now that I have this. I'm like, oh, wow. So it feels really good in that way. Okay, let's talk about mine. Okay. So what what is mine? <laughs> and I've got it up too. Yeah. So in human design, and just so people know, like human design is so unique. Everybody is configured so differently. It's not like you two, like two people have the same design. So you're a generator in human design. So that means that you are somebody who's a very natural doer and you have such powerful energy to kind of go, go, go and make things happen when you are genuinely lit up and excited and satisfied with what you're doing. And so when it comes to building your business, it is so important to market, build and hire in a way that feels so exciting and really lights you up and not in the way that you think you should. Um, mm. I have a thing I want to share, but I'm curious 
how that feels to you before we keep moving. Yeah, that the saying, especially when you were saying that I'm a natural doer, mm-hmm. really resonates with me because there's so much in my business that I do versus delegate. I delegate a lot of the things that don't light me up and don't feel creative and fun and in flow for me. But I think most people on my team will tell you, I often just come and say, oh, I did this. I created this. I did this. And I love doing. I I feel like that's where I get a lot of my creativity is in the actual doingness. Yeah. And it's what gives you satisfaction. You know, an ideal day for you is one where you wake up, you use up your energy in all these creative, satisfying ways, whether it's work-related or not. And you drop in a bed delightfully spent. You're like, I've used it all up and now I can sleep well. Whereas Mm -hmm. if you don't use your energy fully or in a satisfying way, you might go to bed and actually feel quite restless and have a hard time sleeping. And those of us that aren't natural doers, like it doesn't really matter how much I like try to do. It's like, it doesn't like, let me sleep better. But for you, it's like, it's what gives you satisfaction. Uh The thing I'm curious about, and this is like a totally nuanced part of your design, but you also, you have like a lot of energy in starting things and at the beginning of things. And so often then you're kind of meant to like hand things off to be completed. I'm curious whether you experience that because there is all this kind of powerful like energy and like actually the beginning and getting it started. Yes. 110%. (laughs) What's interesting is I actually realized this about myself and I can remember where I was sitting. So when I was in university, we started learning about team structures and different ways that you could do personality tests with team and started to look at people into this. I was in business school and we were just really trying to understand people more and teams more. And I think it was something like the Colby test. I'm not hundred percent sure, but we did a, a personality test. And that was one thing that came through. And I think at the time I was 21, I remember exactly where I was sitting and who I was sitting with. And it felt almost like I'd just been given permission to finally just be who I am. Because so often I had been trying to push through and see things through to the end. Mm -mm. And I really struggled with that. And from that day on, the way that I started working with people in teams changed so much. Mm -hmm. Say we were taken on a group project in uni, I would say, let me just get this kicked off and let me get it going and then I'll pass it on. And that would then support a lot of other people in the team too, because they were really good at finishing things versus starting things. So saying that makes me, yeah, I feel very, very seen. And it's still to this day, if I have to finish something all the way through to the end, Mm -hmm. I will procrastinate on it till the cows come home. Mm -hmm. Whereas having people on my team, the people I work best with are those who are really great with taking something that's quite well built and finishing it off and getting over the finish line. And I consciously select people like that to work really closely with because I know we get really good stuff done. Yes. Oh, so beautiful. And it's just a good reminder that like we know these things intuitively. Human design just validates them. And you can Mm -hmm. actually look at somebody's chart and be like, oh, they're actually really good at completing things. And they can be like the best collaborator for you in that way. Another thing that's very important is our human design will let us know how we're best meant to make decisions. And I find this to be such an impactful part of our design because we're making decisions all the time. So for you, you are a gut decision maker. You have the capacity to make decisions in the moment based on your gut feeling. It's either like a full body yes or like a no or not yet. And it's very instantaneous and it often, you know, comes through response. What I mean by that is if somebody asks you a very specific question, like Natalie, do you want to do this or this? You're like, that feels right. That doesn't. And so those specific yes, no questions are the most direct way to kind of communicate with your gut. Mm -hmm. Does that feel true for you? Does that feel like a thing that's guided you? Yeah, that feels so true to me. And I find that when someone asks me a direct question like that, I always know the answer. Whereas when someone asks me an open-ended question, I can sometimes struggle to find the answer. Yeah. So that's 
also been something that's really interesting. And I definitely want to do, I'm going to get the blueprint for Steven too, because I feel like he's actually the opposite. He loves an open-ended question and and he might ask me an open-ended question because that's how he likes to be communicated with and vice versa. So understanding the difference, I think is really important. It is, you know, and it's so true. It's like, oh, this is how we operate. I'll communicate with them in that way. But like, they just might not need that. I mean, learning my partner had this was so useful because like asking him what he wanted for dinner was like the most frustrating question ever. (laughs) But when I was like, do you want this or this? He's like, absolutely not that. And 100% this. So it's like just such a simple shift that can create so much more ease in communication. So a piece I'm really curious about for you is as a generator, you're not really designed to chase after things. As much energy as you have, as much capacity as you have, you're really meant to let things come to you and kind of spark your gut before you go after it. Has that been true in your life? And have you noticed a difference when you really allowed that versus kind of push what you thought maybe you should make happen? Yeah, 100%. And actually what I found really interesting with that is it can frustrate people if I don't explain the process. And so for an example, we are launching something brand new at Boss Babe. And I communicated this with my team at the beginning of the year. And I had to very clearly communicate. I'm not actively going out and chasing this thing and figuring it all out. I'm putting the intention out there and I'm going to start looking for answers, but I'm really going to wait for the right thing to come to me. So I can't give you a specific deadline. And that I think is an edge for a lot of people. So I've had to really learn how to firstly really communicate why that's an important part of my creative process and and process as a founder. But then second, be able to give people tangible deadlines that they can work with because people do need that and that's important. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really interesting, but I have to really honor my process in that mm-hmm. and honor other people's experiences. So like you said, I do feel like the blueprint is a really good way of giving me a bit of an operating manual and pulling yeah. out even the awareness of not everyone works like that is so interesting because yeah. the way I communicate, I might assume really lands for everyone, but I know just from our team reading, there's some people in our team that really work well with structure and deadlines and specifics. Mm -hmm. So it really takes some good communication, but I think it's so important for me to honor my process as well and find that compromise. Totally. And also to make sure the people around you, you know, whether it's your partner, your team, that they like, just know how to get the best out of you. They know how to communicate with you because it's going to be so easier for them and feel so much better for you. Mm -hmm. Should I keep going on your design? Yeah, keep going. I think this is great. Okay. So Something that I really do see in you, and I you know we talked a little bit about this in our team session, you have what we call a 4-1 profile for those that are familiar with human design. So now we're kind of getting drilling into the things beyond type. So part of that, the one part of it is around the fact that you're somebody who's a very natural investigator and deep diver and researcher and like it's so important for you to know how to, how things work. It's like not enough to know that like things work. It's like, you must understand why and kind of understand the foundations underneath it and having lots of space in your days and life to just like carve out time to kind of dive deep and learn and investigate is so important for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I loved when this came up. And again, I mean, everyone listening, I feel like you just need to get this for your whole team. You can go to bossfit.com forward slash blueprint, just do it for your whole team. It's a gift. But what really came up from us when you shared that was you told me there was me and one other person on my team who Mm -hmm. are exactly like that. And the two of us looked at each other and we're like, wait, 
that's exactly why we work so well together because we both challenge each other a lot. We'll present something. And if I don't understand how we got to that number, I'll really challenge her on it and vice versa. And neither of us ever gets offended. We get really excited to go in and explain our workings and fact find. And it's never about who's got it right, but it's how can we see what was right there and what the right process is. So interesting to have that called out and to see that in people that I work with is so valuable. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny. Like, cause I don't have that. And I like totally don't resonate with that, you know? And I just, but I see it so much in you where I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, it worked wonderful. You know, (laughs) whereas like other people on my team are like, let's actually understand why I did, you know, let's like go into all the things. I'm like, Oh, I didn't even write. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. You're like, but why it worked? It worked. Why did it work? I don't care that it worked. I don't care if it failed. I just want to know why it worked or failed. (laughs) It's just, but it's so useful because again, in moments like that, you're just like, Oh, they're wired differently. They like need to understand it differently. So another part of your profile, which I really do see so much in you both through CEO mama and boss babe, is that community is such an integral part of your design, both Mm -hmm. in that you're meant to build it, but also in opportunities are meant to come to you through your community. Like it is so much better for you to work with people that you want to be friends with, that you feel deeply connected with and with strangers. And so, you know, maintaining and nourishing your community and cultivating it is so important. You know, the quality of your relationships 100% determines the quality of your life. Mm, I love that. And again, hearing that, it almost feels like permission for running the operating system that I've been running. So one thing, for example, a lot of my team say is, why are you still taking interview calls to see your mama? Why do you not assign that to someone else? And for me, I'm like, no, I have to work with this person for 12 months and I have to introduce them to a network of women who are my close friends. Like Mm -hmm. I need to know that I can trust them, that I want to be around them, that they've got the right energy for this group. I don't want to outsource that to someone else. And maybe that's part of the doing element in my chart as well. But I'm guessing there's some people who on their chart, it would probably tell them to do the opposite. It would Mm -hmm. probably tell them to have someone else do that gut check for them. So it's really interesting. I feel like it does quite inform the way that I do a lot of things in business. Totally. And that makes so much sense. You know, like I think, especially in like an intimate community like that, it's so Mm -hmm. important for you to be like, I want to spend more time with you. I want to get to know you. And also like Mm -hmm. to have that opportunity to kind of check in with your gut and be like, does this actually feel right? Yeah. And it's just also a good example. Like with the doing, it's like, yeah, you're meant to do the things that continue to feel satisfying and right to you. And it sounds like that is one of them. Yeah. Do you know what's also really come through for me when we're talking about this? And it goes back to what you were saying at the beginning about how it is a mix of, there is some mysticism in there, Mm -hmm. which I think can put some people off and it can excite other people. What's really interesting is so many things in the blueprint are insights that have come through when I've done personality testing. So when Mm -hmm. you go on a website and you fill in the answers to questions and you get insights. So to see that reflected in this blueprint where I actually didn't answer a single question except, you know, when I was born, (laughs) it's a little bit freaky, but isn't that interesting? Because I think that does then take away the well, is this something that I can rely on and trust? Mm -hmm. And it almost feels like I'm taking those personality tests a little bit deeper Mm -hmm. because they might tell me how I would play well in a team or how my personality is in this situation, but it's not giving me a guide. So that's like, it's clicking into my brain now. Totally. And I think it's so true. Like often teams I work with, they're like, oh, this is just so much easier. It's like so much more specific. And I also like, don't need to go through this whole questionnaire. But I also find I don't know if you've experienced this, but sometimes with those questionnaires, like our answers will be 
you know, dependent on why we're answering them and who we're answering them for. Mm-hmm. And so there's something very kind of like amazing about human design where it just kind of pierces through it all. And it reveals the things that not only we're conscious of, but also all this kind of unconscious stuff underneath the surface. Especially I, and coming back to teams, especially with your team, because I feel like if you ask your team to go and fill in a questionnaire like this, mm-hmm. they're going to put their absolute best foot forward. Totally. Do you procrastinate? <laughs> Absolutely not. Never, like, yeah. They won't want to say yes or no, just out of fear of perhaps being judged or being looked at differently. Whereas human design is not making, it's, it's being very honest, but it's not making anything right or wrong. It's saying yeah. this is your makeup. This is how you work best with your personality type. Totally. And, and there's no good or bad. Like, mm-hmm. as you heard in the team session, like there are gifts and challenges to every single one of them. And so I also appreciate that where it like helps us understand, like we could be in the shadow in all these places, but these are all the ways that we can kind of move out of the shadow into the highest expression and the highest potential of our design. So something I'm curious about is you've got a very unique profile, this kind of four, one piece I mentioned, and I don't think we've talked about it, you and I before, but you're really like meant to be very steadfast in your direction. And you're not really meant to be pulled from your path. Like for people that have this, like you're very sensitive, but you're also not really here to be very adaptable, very malleable. Like you're really here to stay like so true to what feels right for you and to trust the right people will kind of meet you on that journey. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced that? Yeah. And it's quite challenging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is quite challenging to be on that path because I feel like there sometimes is this expectation of wavering and coming off of it. And I often feel like I know what my path is. Yeah. And you know, it shows up in micro and macro. So micro might be, my team might be really encouraging me to do a bunch of customer surveys to to find out what new features we should implement in our membership. And part of me is just like, no, Mm -hmm. I feel like I really know my community inside out and I'm, and we're on this path and I want to keep going. Mm -hmm. And it can be quite challenging to stay on that path. Do you notice the difference when you do? Like, have you had experiences where you've been pulled off? Yeah. So our membership, I would say is one of the biggest examples of this in a business setting Mm -hmm. where there have been many times where I've stepped back to let, like, you know, you know, some, there's been a lot of voices on the team saying we should do this. We should do that. And it's felt so not in alignment for me. I feel like I can't work on something if I'm not aligned with it. So I've said, okay, if this is for the greater good, if this is for the, the the community and the business, let me step back because I know I can't work on it in this way. And I'll bring in other experts. And it's almost always resulted in poor performance. Yeah, And that's really interesting because it didn't mean that they were bad at their job or it didn't mean that they didn't know what they were doing at all. It just meant, you know, when I created this product, I had a very specific thing in mind because of the avatar that I was and the avatar that I know. And I've really wanted to stick to that. And I haven't wanted to waver based on what the market's saying or, you know, where we might be leaving money on the table or we should have this fancy new website. Well, why? The curriculum's good on its own. But whenever I've drifted off of that, and let the other voices get loud, it's never really resulted in the performance that we've looked for. And I do think as entrepreneurs, you know, we started our businesses for a reason. It can be very easy to let other people have a loud voice if they perhaps look more experienced than you, if they are more of a subject matter expert. But at the end of the day, for me especially, I feel like I know my business and I know my community. I, Mm -hmm. I, I am them, I was them. So, but it's challenging. I would say that's been one of the most challenging parts of my business journey. Mm -hmm. 
And I think, you know, it goes back to you being a generator following what feels right, where it's just like, this might not make sense. And like, this isn't maybe like what we should do, but it's what feels right. And like, so I know it's the right direction. And this is a good place where it's good to inform the people around you that this is how you work. So they really know how to support you in that. And don't try to convince you off that path. You know? And what do you say? Hey, listen, I'm a one. <laughs> I'm a one in human design, so don't mess, you know, but I think that it's, it's perhaps I have one of my best friends has this and I've just noticed in his life many times where he's kind of been pulled off his path and it's so destabilizing. Mm-hmm. And so like him just really being like, I'm going to like stay on this path. And it's been amazing to kind of watch him just really trust that. And also mm-hmm. know that like the right people, the right products, the right collaborators will like, will stick with him on that path. But I think it's also you in those moments, not wavering. Yeah. You know, and being like, this is actually what feels right. And also it feels like you have enough experience to look back and know what happens when you perhaps don't do that. Yeah. And you know what? I really see it in CEO Mama too. When I wanted to create this container, I wanted to do it with no partners. I wanted to do it with no one else, no one on the team, Mm -hmm. because I felt like I really, I am the avatar. I know what I want to create. And I really trust that the right people are going to find it. And the people that aren't meant to be in it won't. And I have been approached by, I can't even tell so many people to say, can we extend it to this? Can we make it bigger? Can we scale it? Can we create this for it? Can we do this product? So many ideas, so many things. Mm -hmm. And to someone else, it might look like, oh, she's crazy for not taking that. And I've actually really stuck to my, you know, people have said, can I have equity in this? Can I come on and offer this? I've really had to stick to my path here and say, absolutely not, because that will ruin what this is. Mm I wonder if you can see that in the container too, but it's, it's been quite challenging. I mean, even, even people inside are like, can we do this? Can we open it up? Can we make it bigger? And it, you, I really feel like I have to stick to my path on this. Yes. 100% stick to your gut. And also to just like your steadfast, it's like what feels right. And again, mm-hmm. for you, there's such like community and intimacy and connection. And so being able to build things that really maintain that. Mm, so interesting. So something I loved seeing in your design, because I do really feel this in you is that we have things in our design called channels. And I know there's a lot of weird human design jargon, but you know, what that really means is just what are your innate strengths and how can you lean into them more? And so one of Natalie's strengths is the gift of beauty. And it basically is like the need to be surrounded by beauty in your home and in your life, but also like always being in the process of just like refining and perfecting and making things beautiful. You know, Mm -hmm. whether it's refining your own behavior, refining your own business, refining a funnel, you know, refining CEO mama, but like just being able to kind of be in your own little bubble and like leave a thing far better than you found it. And so being able to kind of have those places in your business and in your life just to, you know, beautify, refine, improve. I love that. And I really resonate with that too. And like you said, even if it's a funnel, I like to just be in it and make it the best that I can <laughs> and refine it. Well, it's so widely applicable. You know, it is funny though. I see a lot of interior designers have this too, because they are just kind of always in that process of making things beautiful. So interesting. Is there anything that you see in my chart that you think, okay, you need to keep an eye on this because <laughs> if you go off path here, this could have like detrimental effects or yeah. anything like that? A hundred percent. So one of those big areas for you is, and these are areas we're really sensitive to others and it can take us really off track, but also there are areas of learning. One of the areas for you is you're somebody who's very sensitive to other people's stress. And so if somebody's stressed, you might feel that very intensely and how that can show up in a challenging way for you is rushing is this kind of like urgent energy where it's like, you feel a pressure to make everything happen right now. And the thing is like, you can be fast when you want to be fast, but your work is to not have that be your default and know that not everything's worth a rush. How that could also be detrimental as an entrepreneur and CEO is actually like having unrealistic timelines for your team. 
And so I would say big, big life lesson for you is like learning how to slow down and relax, helping others do the same and supporting others and working in very sustainable ways that don't burn them out. So interesting. Is there anything you see when you look at the chart and, and think, oh, that person's probably could be quite challenging to work with if they aren't aware of this or if they don't communicate this in the right way. Totally. You know, like for example, like there are certain people that you are around where you're like hyper, hypersensitive to their stress. And mm-hmm. so if they're not working with it in a healthy way, like it's going to be pouring out into you. Interesting. You know, and like similarly, like you're incredibly empathic. It's like such an amazing gift because you're so attuned to your people. But also if you're around people that like aren't really processing their emotions, aren't really talking about them, then like that's a lot for you to carry. So Interesting. it just depends on like, it doesn't have to be a negative thing at all. I would never say that, but like it, it requires that they have a healthy relationship to it. Oh my God. So fascinating. And for anyone listening, who's like, okay, I need to get this. What we're doing right now, we both have my blueprint up on our screen. So we're actually collaborating to, to bring you a boss babe blueprint from Erin. So you can go to bossy.com forward slash blueprint, but we basically have this up on the screen. It has this beautiful sum up. I feel like of your human design, I have mine. It's on the second page. I'm actually getting this frame to put in my office because it feels like this is, and I wonder if other people have done this, but it feels like this is me. And to just see that on my wall, I feel like it's going to be really empowering. But then it also goes into, it looks like a person, but with loads of shapes. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it has that and it can look really complicated to anyone that's not seen this before. I remember I'd heard about human design before and I looked it up and I seen this and I instantly was like, no, I'm not getting involved. This looks like a big math problem, Mm -hmm. but actually now that I'm seeing it and going through the blueprint, it's explained so beautifully. But did that guy channel this whole thing? Because it looks so complicated, doesn't it? It's so complicated. <laughs> you know, it's like my biggest job as a translator. You know what I mean? I just like look at the chart. I'm like, how can I actually like communicate this in a way that is jargon free and actually makes sense to people and they can actually apply it in their lives? But yeah, he channeled the whole thing. How long did it take you to be able to understand this? I'm on my eight years of study. I think that I feel like I was able to speak somewhat fluently about it within three years. Okay. But, you know, also I, like that was all through study and books and classes and courses. But I think now I've sat with so many thousands of people that I feel like now I can speak about it. And now it's like part of me, you know? So okay. I would say probably it was like five years until I could actually feel like, oh, this is like integrated in me. And now I've observed it just through experience in a way that I can speak about it in a way that actually makes sense. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And here's my reporter energy blueprint yeah. coming through mm-hmm. as I look at this I it almost looks like a person like I could almost be like oh that's the head that's the chest that's the heart that's mm-hmm. the pelvis firstly is that maybe accurate yes. and then also when I see some of the lines on here so like some of them are colored in solid black some mm-hmm. are a bit transparent some are white can we look at this to know anything about our bodies or is mm-hmm. it just all personality great question So yes, you're right. All those shapes that you're looking at correspond to different areas of our body. And so whether it's our sacral, our gut, and some of those areas are more consistent, some areas are where we're sensitive to other people. So for example, you know, you have this like colored in area around your gut, which it means that you've got all this powerful, consistent energy to kind of work and make things happen. You're so creative. That's kind of that doing energy. Mm-hmm. So when it corresponds physically to your gut. And so if you're not listening to your gut, if you're not using your energy in satisfying ways, you might find a lot of kind of issues in your gut, you know? 
the piece I talked about around stress that's connected to your adrenals. So if you are, you know, not slowing down and relaxing, it can be so easy to burn out your adrenals. So each of these things does correspond to a physical piece in a way that it just helps us know, like if we're in alignment with that area, that's often when things will flow. But when we're kind of out of alignment, it's just a thing to look at. So fascinating. I feel like every single person should get this. Because, I, mean, I and, agree. <laughs> yeah. And it's so interesting going through it. So just for anyone that isn't seeing this, so some of the, there's so many different chapters. It's basically, yeah, it's like an entire operating system for you. There's 62 pages on mine. And some of the categories are how you use your energy best, how you create opportunities, how you make decisions. So those are like the basics, but you also go down to things like how you work best, how you deal with stress, how you communicate. I feel like we should get this printed off, binded and like give them to our friends and partners. I mean... Yes, but it is like that's often people's experience is like they'll get it for themselves and like, okay, this is so useful. Now I like have this like life operating manual, but then they're like, I need it for my parents. I need it for my siblings, mm-hmm. for my partners, for my friends, for my colleagues, because, you know, it is so powerful to understand how we're designed to operate at our best. And it's, you know, meant to be a resource you keep returning to. You can't read 62 pages and integrate it all at once. It's like a, one of my friends called, called it her bedtime Bible. She like has it on her bedside table and just like reads it every morning. But then people often want to know how everyone around them works, you know, so they can kind of best support them. So it is, I think, as powerful an individual development tool as it is a relational tool to kind of understand how to best support those close to us. How difficult was it to take it from, you know, doing 12,000 of these in Keynote to creating a system that actually can create these blueprints so quickly? You know, it just, it took years and it took Mm -hmm. a partner that is way better at building things than me, but it is amazing, you know, because it's for me, it's like, I've just written so much content and I've been writing it for many, many years. And like, and just so you guys know, for the blueprint, there are hundreds of thousands of possible configurations, you know? And so I just think what's, what's, which is so crazy. And even that second page, the summary, which is so funny, because we literally just launched a frame version, which I'll send you photos on my wall. But I think that even that summary, there are hundreds of thousands of that summary that are possible. So it's just like, it's so personalized and so unique. And so I think being able to create a system that allows us to make them more efficiently, I think just allows us to reach way more people. And also means that like, I'm making fewer errors because I made a ton of errors when I was just like making them all in Keynote. Inevitably. So can I go and order this for my wall then? You'd have this. I'm going to send you the link. It's like, I know. Okay. I, I, it's, it's our new offering. We like literally have done a beta where we've, you know, we are, this is not public at all. So, but we're doing it because people have been asking for it. It's on my wall right there. I'll send you a photo. I'm really curious to know for you, when you have gotten your blueprint, were there things you learned about yourself that you decided to change? You decided to come home to that you are able to use as a compass? Like what's been such a big takeaway for you? Oh my gosh, so many things. You know, we talk a lot about you being a really natural doer and creative force. I think I'm not designed to be a doer. You know, I'm really much better suited to be a guide. I'm really good at mastering systems and really speaking about them. I'm really good at working with people. But I think that it has changed everything in my life because I was trying so hard to be a doer and I was totally burnt out. Mm-hmm. And so I have built a business where my pure job is to be good at human design. And to kind of be surrounded by people that can really just like allow me to do that while they help do all the doing. 
so much of my design is about being invited into things. And that really changed the way that I was showing up in my life because I had been initiating and forcing things and very unsuccessfully. And I think when I really learned how to be invited in, that's when I met my partner. You know, that's how my business opportunities all emerged. You know, how I was able to select who to work with. Also, my entire community and friends changed when I discovered that because I realized I'd been kind of pushing relationships where like I didn't actually feel seen or recognized or invited in. I mean, and there are so many small details like, you know, I, you know, you're meant to make decisions quite quickly. I meant to be really slow. And so I had tried to be so fast in the past and was always so regretful. And so it was just like, I would kind of cause all this chaos for myself and those around me. And so I think really honoring that has really allowed me to enter into the right things in the first place, but also know that some people like my partner are way faster than me. And how long did it take you to read your daughter's human design when she arrived? I'm I, 12 minutes. I think my partner, like literally she was born at 12, 12. My partner at like 12, 20 was like, she's a manifesting generator, <laughs> <laughs> which was so amazing because like I, I was in labor for seven hours. Had she been born 15 minutes earlier, she would have been an entirely different type. So mm. I looked it up while I was laboring to see like what she might be. And then she changed. But it was, it was amazing. She's got such a wildly intense design that I'm just like, cannot wait to see it come to life. But we looked it up pretty immediately. Yeah, we were similar. So I was chatting with my doctor and he was saying to me, you know, I think we are going to need to go for cesarean. There were so many different angles. And my gut immediately was like, yes, my head was like, absolutely not. That is not what I envisioned for my birth. No, no, no. And my gut was like, yep, that is the way she's going to come in. So we scheduled it. And I was very much just allowing, okay, this is the date they want. Okay, great. And so I went away and started researching her astrology chart and all those things for the time I was allotted and all those things. And she came in a different time. I, I guess there was appointments pushed back and the way that it went, it took a little bit longer. So she didn't come at the time I'd researched. I went back and researched her entire chart and it was like the complete opposite of mine. And it's so interesting as I'm seeing her now come even more into her personality, I see more and more and more of it. And it's so fascinating. Oh yeah, I thought you'd be like that. Wow. And isn't it like such a relief that you're like, oh, I don't like need her to be like me. Yes. She can be totally different. Yeah. And teach me different ways of doing things and have a different energy. And it brings so much more out of me in a different way. Cause I feel like me and Steven are so similar in mm-hmm. so many different ways. Very Virgo, Capricorn energy, Enneagram eight and three. She is the complete opposite. And Ugh. it's almost like that's what we needed. Totally. And they come when they're meant to. I cannot wait to look up I, or for you to look up her design. I know. I'm going to do it right after this call. <laughs> and I also think that like that example you shared around the cesarean is a great one where it's just like, it's so easy to get in your head, but your body was like, this is actually what's right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, just knowing how you're designed to make decisions in our design can be so transformational because it's so easy to convince ourselves out of it. But for you to just be like, my body knows and like, it might not be what I expected, but I know that it's exactly what's right. It's so powerful. I love it. Well, Erin, I'm so excited that we're collaborating. Me too. So if everyone wants to go to bossy.com forward slash blueprint, if they put the code in boss, babe, that's right. They get 10% off. Exactly. Can you tell them what the process is going to look like and what they're going to get? Totally. So again, you go to bossbabe.com slash blueprint. You use the discount code bossbabe and you will get a 55 plus page. Like you said, yours is 62 personalized guide all about your unique design. It covers all the pieces that we talked about Natalie's today and so much more. It is really meant to be a very practical, actionable resource that you can keep returning to. That's all about how you operate best. And it is meant to give you tools to put it all into action. 
there's a beautiful letter from Natalie in there. And so it is the Boss Day Blueprint. So definitely get the Boss Day one. And it really, it's an amazing resource guide. And one thing I'll say is that, you know, it is, I've had so many fellow human design readers get theirs because they love having that in a way they can keep returning to. But people often get for their entire teams, like even who people have no background in human design. So it does not require background in human design. It is, it is just so much a manual around how you operate best. That's what I love is how simple and straightforward it is. I really did get this before. I, I got it because I felt peer pressured into knowing what this was because of CEO Mama. <laughs> and now that I've got it, I had to get my entire team on this yeah. whole family. I think it's one of those things that when you discover it, you can't help but tell everyone about it. So, That's so true. Thank you for bringing it into my life. I'm very, very excited about what it's opening up for me. Oh, my pleasure. I'm, I'm so excited too. And I'm so excited about the Boss Day Blueprint. I know. So where can everyone find you and connect with you more? And one thing that I love about you, what you do on social too, is reading the charts of celebrities. It's so good. So where can everyone find you and all the things? On Instagram, I'm at Erin Claire Jones and also at Human Design Blueprint. And our website's at Human Design Blueprint. And that's where you can find me. Amazing. Thank you so much, Erin. Thank you. 